Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into What Makes Me Mad, a podcast where I discuss the things that make me mad. And when I said last episode that I'm going to come on with some solid new episodes, I want to get this podcast going back in the right direction. If you haven't listened to last episode, boys, I'll explain my two guests here in a moment. Uh, I want to try getting the podcast back to where it was, you know, when I first started up, basically. Because the first couple episodes of What Makes Me Mad, I'll get about over 20 views on, like, first 10, like, no problem. Now it's, like, three or four views I get. So I'm like, well, how do I get the podcast going back in the right direction? So I figured one of the ways, have some solid guests come on. So I arranged originally three people. Unfortunately, Dalton Sorkel unable to come, so that's a huge blow right there, because fun fact about Dalton Sorkel one time, he was one of the first, no, not one of the first guests, uh, I had him on though, one of the first non-UW Whitewater guests I had come onto the podcast when it was still a radio show over at Whitewater as well too that I was syndicating on podcast. Uh, Dalton and I had a good little discussion, Dalton did not talk a whole lot, because you know he's not a very big talker and everything, but it was still fun having Dalton on, that podcast actually got a decent amount of views. People were like, yeah, I listened to your podcast because Dalton told me to. I was like, well, son of a bitch, I got to get that boy on some more if he's going to drive the ratings. And so anyway, I got two guys here with me, though. We were going to discuss fantasy football, so I grabbed some of the best fantasy football players I know. It's it, <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's so I was like, How, who do I find? It's so one of the guys I knew for a fact I had to dial up. He's kind of like the great white whale of... Uh, trying to get on what makes me mad. He's only come on the podcast once before. And every time I've been trying to have him come on since, it's always been some sort of clusterfuck to try to get him on. But this time, it's battling a GPS that took him to the wrong area and delayed his uh, ability to come on the show for over an hour. But he is here with me in studio as well, too. Ladies and gentlemen, Jasper Meeker is on the podcast for the second time ever. Jasper, how are we doing, my guy? Google Maps makes me mad. <laughs> That damn you, Google Maps. And anyway, Peyton Witt also on the podcast. So, gentlemen, I would like to discuss. I always love doing that. Whenever Peyton comes on, I always give the other person a big, uh, big uh, intro, and then Peyton. I'm always like, "Yeah, Peyton Witt's on the podcast." But no, Peyton Witt currently leading. Or, no, you're not first place in the fantasy baseball. But you have a chance to make the fantasy baseball playoffs. So I knew for a fact that you're a big fantasy sports player you know your business you know how to finagle trades you know when to add and drop guys at the right time this is a man that took an auto drafted team <laughs> and we're all like well Peyton's gonna suck ass this year found a way made some trades made some deals added and dropped some guys and worked his way to a championship win he that's right so if you ever have to auto draft don't be concerned because Peyton has been able to pull it off but Peyton how are we doing, my guy? Doing all right. Uh, I will advocate for the auto draft. In fact, that year that I won the the world championship, uh, I had seven outfielders on my drafted team uh, still won the championship. So I don't know what that says about me or you guys, but here we are. Well, every guy gets hurt for me, so I don't know if that tells you anything about Probably me. You, you did kill a guy that year as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that true. the same year that Tyler Skaggs unfortunately passed away. Rest in peace. But, uh... Um, yeah, no, so anyway, uh, Jasper, you are a big fantasy player, you enjoy your fantasy baseball, you enjoy your fantasy football, and, uh, you are currently trying to find a way, your team, fantasy baseball, it was a struggle for you all year, you complain 
that uh, you're like, I'm getting dicked on, I'm getting scored on left and right. And ever since you started complaining, the gods have eased off on you a little bit because I think you've gone six and two in that span. I it, see what happened was. I think I made fun of you for losing to Dylan. Ah, uh, yeah. And ever since then, we've gone in just complete opposite direction. Definitely uh, was the the Monona trash pandas that lit a fire under <laughs> team's ass. Because I was uh, two and eight after that week, and now I'm sitting at eight and ten, which is not great, but still got a two percent playoff percentage. So we'll see how that goes. Currently affecting the playoff rankings uh, by beating me, who's currently in, tied for third, I think. Yeah. Well, and Cal, too, if he sneaks out this win against uh, Bauer Power, then there's my 2% playoff chance will probably go to 4% after this week. Hey, you're telling me, yeah, there's a chance, baby. <laughs> well, it's just funny because it's like, yeah, there's like I'm one of the bottom feeder teams in the league, and I'm like, don't worry, Meeker, I'm still fighting down here. I don't know how my team will do, but I'll set my lineup. I'll. I'll, I'll rally the troops. I'll pull them into the clubhouse and say, Hey, that's all right, boys. <laughs> big win, big win. Cal at the beginning of the week was all like, Oh, yeah, I'll help you get a win over Brady. And then I checked in with the like what the matchup was sitting at earlier in the week, and Cal was just getting destroyed. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that'll help Cal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's the one thing about it's um i don't know if you boys watch family guy a whole lot but uh you remember that episode where stewie is like uh and brian have that bet where uh it's the whole where's my money man episode uh where stewie's like oh yeah i'm taking bets on uh my celebrity boxing mike tyson going up against uh that little like 80 year old actor or something and brian's like the 80 year old actor yeah i'll take that fight and then just mike tyson just beating the shot and she just keeps getting back up and she's like hey, is that all you got and he just keep, and then mike tyson ends up passing out because he's like i can't keep her down and then he gets dying and like that's my fantasy team just every time i'm just getting just drilled up and right now just keep getting back up and i'm like how about is that all that you got you little fantasy with do, do, do. how about how many more pictures do you think you could throw at me up do, do, do. I would agree that your fantasy team is comparable to a seven-year-old assault victim. Uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, that's what my new team name should actually be. This <laughs> now, actually, for fantasy football, if any of you boys keep up with my Instagram account, uh, Lethargic Llamas won the uh, fantasy pull-off between the Lethargic Llamas and the R- Rowdy Raccoons. So, uh, I will be the Lethargic Llamas this year, and I'm looking forward to it. Because the one year I was able to uh, advance into the fantasy football playoffs i was the pesky pigeon so i feel like if i have the animal name and then the like uh alliteration in front of it too that will hopefully help my luck this year (laughs) i don't know if it will but anyway though i do want to discuss a little bit though about google maps for anyone that's unfamiliar (laughs) with the situation because now two now two guys have come on to the podcast see i knew something was Someone was fishy because you were right on top of that. You were like, ah, I've been here before. Don't worry. (laughs) So, a lot of times I like to have people on the podcast. I think it's happened now with three people. Amanda, Peyton, and Jasper. So, what happened was... uh, I tell people, yeah, come on, and then they're like, all right, great, what's your address? Because you're thinking, all right, Google Maps will take me there. And what happens is I always have to tell people, listen, you can put it in and you can look for the fire number, but don't put it into the address. Because what's going to happen is it's going to take you to a different spot. See, because there's a, 
I don't want to give away my address live on air, but there is uh there there's like a, a but the roads are very similar, and the internet always puts it in for the one that's uh, a different road, right? So what always happens is I tell people don't follow the fire number, and they're like, all right, sounds good. My ETA is about thirty five is about like twenty minutes away or something. I'm like, all right, I can already tell it's gonna be a problem because they know where the ETA is at, which means they're following said GPS. About 25 minutes will pass, and then all of a sudden I will get a call or a Snapchat that says, hey, I think I'm lost. <laughs> so it has happened to both Jasper and Peyton. Jasper was a little bit easier because I was like, all right, just get, you know, act like you're heading towards UW-Whitewater. Jasper has come to, what's funny about Jasper, though, he's been able to figure out where I've lived before. And then he trusted the GPS the one time, and the GPS screwed with him. See, that's the problem, too, is, like, I knew, like, what road you actually lived on. So when my GPS was not telling me to take an exit that was, like, that road, I was like, okay, this is a problem. But, okay, let's just keep on going. I'm sure this thing knows what's going on. It did not. And so, uh, so both you boys have also gone to UW-Whitewater. You know... How to get there. What was funny about Peyton. Peyton, I love you to death, but you are not a very big uh, directional guy or knowing where things are at. Not not, not verbally, no. Yeah, no. As someone that uh, has gotten very accustomed to driving around uh, Rock and Dane County, I'm a little bit more familiar with like the roads and stuff like that. So I'm telling Peyton, I ah, just hop out. I'm like, do you know where this road is at? And he's like, uh, no. And I was like, how about just hop back on the road that gets you to UW-Whitewater? You got to remember where that road is at, right? And he's like... Tell you the truth, I don't know what road that call is called. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I road names. You can tell me, like, a busted down little church that's on a corner. I'm like, yeah, I know exactly how to get there. But don't try and give it road names. Yep, nope. I, that's the same thing that happened with Amanda as well, too. I told, uh, I was like, all right, where are you at? And, like, trying to tell her. And then she's like, oh, I'm at this intersection. I'm like, great, take a right. I'm going to be down by my driveway waving. <laughs> if you see a guy waving, pull in. And so luck. Luckily, there's not another guy waving at, <laughs> at another end of the driveway. That would have been very awkward because then she would have been like, what do you mean? And I'm like, no, oh, that's the wrong person. But yeah, so the GPS has managed to screw with people before. So I always tell people, I'm like, just act like you're heading towards Whitewater. It, it still screws with people. I even, I think when I asked you, I think I just asked you what the fire number was because I like, yeah. had a feeling my spidey senses were tingling that I... <laughs> Like, was like, okay, I should just get the county road. <laughs> I like how you're like, I'm going to trust the GPS. <laughs> and there's going to come another time where you're going to be put in that exact same situation where you're like, do I trust the GPS? It has failed me before. And my spidey senses are telling me to take this way. What do I do? I'm going to say no, and then I'm going to be screwed because I didn't listen to the GPS. <laughs> it's just going to be an ongoing feud between GPS you is going to slap me. Be like, you don't know the streets in Atlanta, you dumb... <laughs> Yeah, you're down in Atlanta. I think I, this road looks fine to me. Let me get off the interstate real quick. Bob's like, I'm in this Kroger parking lot. What possibly happened here? This is the destination. The people's Kroger. This isn't at a Waffle House. Peyton, uh, are you jingling your keys in your pocket by chance? Uh, I mean, I'm moving them. I can... Fantastic, because I'm hearing them through the microphone. This microphone picks up a lot, and it's also funny. So as I was telling Peyton before, uh, 
Why do you have to mess with the audio? I'm not very big in audio quality, as you can tell by me starting the podcast and then having to turn said microphone, so you're just going to hear... So your volume could be heard louder. Don't do that. Um, But I was telling Peyton, uh, I am a sports writer, as you know. Uh, We are getting into the podcasting business, me and a couple other sports writers as well, too. So we started up our own little... uh, podcast as well too cap city sports cast if you want to check it out uh but the guy that like listened to the first episode was like all right here's what we're gonna have to because i recorded with said microphone right because i'm like i got one microphone i'll just plop it in the middle and we'll see what happens he's like well everyone's at different volumes so we're gonna have to get you three individual mics and watch them hook it all up and everything so as you could tell i'm not a big stickler in audio quality but some of the stuff he was telling me i'm like ah yes i could see why someone could get annoyed listening to that so i'm imagining someone listening to this podcast back and hearing the jingling of the keys for the 10 minutes forward i mean it wasn't like you could hear it and like don't get me wrong like i'm not a big stickler on audio quality but i was just like let's try to help out the viewers a little bit more like i said i'm trying to get this podcast going in the right direction who knows maybe people are big sticklers when it comes to audio quality well, Cal, when it comes to audio quality, I agree that the viewers should be the ones that we hold in highest esteem. So I apologize for my transgressions and all the viewers who were affected. What else you got in that pocket, by <laughs> chance? <laughs> Telephone. Is there a receipt in there, by chance, as well, too? Because I could hear the crumpling out. Cough drops. <laughs> I knew it was some cough drops. This microphone picks up everything. Good. Golly, does that make you mad? What a microphone. (laughs) What a microphone. I love it. Peyton's going to forget his keys, though, over there. I feel bad, but it's just, this is an excellent microphone, but boy, it picks up everything, so I love it. But gentlemen, enough fucking around on audio quality. People did not come to this podcast to listen to audio quality. I take back what I was just been saying for the past five minutes. They come to hear some of the stuff. That has made us mad. And I think one of the things that we should talk though today is about fantasy football. Because we've all been in the fantasy football fantasy league together. Peyton, this is your first time in the fantasy football league. False. Oh, you've been in it before? This is the second time I've been in the Culver's Fantasy League. Neither time of which I've been at Culver's for the league. Oh. I got kicked out when I started at Culver's oh. for someone who wasn't in Culver's. Oh, that's very interesting dynamic <laughs> they got going on. <laughs> uh, was it for Jasper or was it for someone? Or, I think it was for Matt wanted to come back. Either that or Joey Myers, maybe. Yeah, maybe someone. One of the two, but that's just a very interesting for a place that you know a chemistry sometimes always wasn't very on. Kicking someone out of a fantasy <laughs> football league might not be the best for team morale. But anyway, Peyton, you were back in it. We were excited because I was like. We are trying to figure out who should be in it, and I was like, we got to get my boy Peyton Witt, obviously, in it. And also, too, I shouted out from my boy Dalton Sorgo, who is now in it as well, too. Uh, it's also funny, because you do not know anything about this since you were not in that fantasy chat until I added you, uh, but we were trying to get Cole into it, right? And Matt Tahoki was <laughs> like, I can ask Coke if he wants to come in, <laughs> and he tried changing it back <laughs> to Cole, but it just spelled out Coke again. <laughs> And so then, like, uh, he was like, um, and I'm like, uh, has anyone asked Cole yet? And he's like, uh, Coke is out. And he's like, Cole again. 
And so now we are referring to Cole as Coke, and it's yeah, hilarious. Cole or, is Coke now. I am going to be referring to him as Coke, and it's going to be hilarious, because I'm going to walk into the cab pad, and I'm going to be like, Coke, how are we doing? And everyone's going to be like, what? You're an idiot. But I get that impression most of the time, so when I walk into that place anyway. But anyway, uh, so after all that shenagling around, we got our 12 guys into the Fantasy League. But it has been very slow moving. Also, shout out to Dylan Cad who got a very strong no as well. <laughs> that was hilarious. I'm like, well, what about Dylan? He at very least knows fast. fantasy football a little bit more. Pat, no. <laughs> well, I, I think it was, I was like, how about Dalton and Dylan? And I was just, no. And I'm like, how about Dalton? <laughs> and it was just so, it was so, Dylan and I go on our weekly walks, and Dylan was like, what did I do to piss off Pat? I got a very strong no. I'm like, well, I mean, you're not the strongest fantasy baseball player, if I have to be honest. I mean, I'm not either, but I at least set my lineups. That's a, I think it's an effort thing also. Though. Yeah, which is fair. If we if we can harp about one thing about fantasy like sports, I hate it when people like give up after week three. If you have a, a fantasy team, stick it out till the end. Like As someone that's constantly missed the playoffs before, it's always fun fucking with people at the end where you're like, this guy's 3-14. and 14. He is. No bit. I should be able to roll through him. And then all of a sudden, I start fucking around, and I have a guy that goes off for the week, and all of a sudden, hey, I pull off the upset. You gotta stick it out till the end. It's not fun when it's like, oh, this person has three guys on their injured reserve playing. Like, It, it, it just doesn't add to anything to the league. And it takes like five to ten minutes. Yeah. It really does. Honestly. All once you, a week, especially with football, once a week, just... Thursday morning, central lineup. Yeah, exactly. Like, all you got to do is pull out the phone, hit, hit hit a couple buttons, boom, you're good. I think it dates back to, a, like, a couple years ago now that Joel just spammed everyone with trades. <laughs> but ever important. since that year, I, I'm like Cal, where, like, it doesn't matter if I'm, like, one win on the season. I'll be picking people up off the waiver <laughs> wires so that people that are actually in the playoffs can't pick them up. And they get super salty. They're like, what are you doing? You're not even... Oh, I did that one year with uh, Le'Veon Bell got hurt, and my team was like 3-8 and eight or something, and I hadn't picked the, In the waiver wire at the time, the league waiver wire, it went by uh, like the NFL does with like record-wise. So we were first to go, and so I was like, oh, Le'Veon Bell got hurt? D'Angelo Williams is probably going to get a bunch of kids. I picked up D'Angelo Williams, and a bunch of people in the playoffs were like, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, I'm trying to win a couple games here, baby. But I think that was also a league where it was like if you're the highest point total, you would get a little extra cash on the side. It was one of those also leagues too where it's like if you didn't set your lineup for the week, like if you had an injured guy or a guy in a bye week start, uh, you'd get like fined for it. So it's like, yeah, I called it the big money league because uh, people that were very well off were playing that league. Um, and so uh, a chance to win some more money. But it also made it more enticing. Like, all right, like, even though my team is complete ass, like, I still got a chance to be the highest point total for the week and get a couple extra money. But could you imagine explaining that to, like, I'm imagining, like, you're just, I'm sure, you know, money, you guys don't have enough to just blow it, you know, left and right. But, like, could you imagine, like, you haven't explained to Taylor, like, well, I lost 20 bucks this week because I didn't set my lineup in time for fantasy football. So we are going to have to do two cans of beans at the grocery store instead of three cans this week. Yeah, there would probably be some problems there. <laughs> <laughs> she gets back. Well, as someone, she literally was at the grocery store today, and you're like, oh, 
I have to watch said child. And so could you imagine she gets back? Um, Jasper, I was only able to buy two cans of beans today because uh, <laughs> that was how much was left on the debit card. Any explanation? Yeah, I didn't set my fantasy football lineup for the week. I'm sorry. I had an injured reserve guy in my flex spot, and the league was not happy about it. <laughs> See, the key is, is like, when you gamble with money like that, you have to win with your initial deposit because then you have the money still on the app. That way, like, you, they never see it come off. Like, yeah. you never have to be like, oh, I lost $2,000 I had on my DraftKings app that started as $5, so you don't know that I lost it 2000 That didn't actually happen, just to be clear. But. <laughs> yeah, so if Taylor is listening, don't worry, Jasper is a reasonable gambler. <laughs> Could you imagine she's just listening to this while she's, like, doing the dishes? <laughs> she just looks at you like, you. <laughs> oh, um, but one of the things, though, that has made me mad so far, like I said, it has been a very slow, slow, like, for, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like for you with Jasper, uh, trying to get uh, the team or the group going for, you know, deciding when a fantasy draft is going to be or when the fantasy order is going to be who said is going to be like it has been very slow moving like you put in the chat this is what happens i put like matt tolke puts in the chat or you or jasper would put in the chat hey when are we doing the draft or who's all going to be in the league no one else would respond a couple days go past ah, season's starting to pick up here pretty soon when are we doing this nobody responds Couple more days pass. ESPN does their fantasy football marathon. Boys, we're starting to get near the deadline. What is going on? It's so finally it took like four people. You'd think, like, with all the people that are like, yeah, no, I want to be in it. It's like, they're just kind of doing the whole, oh, I want to be in it, but no one want to take charge. No one want to take the bull by the horns, basically, and be like, this is what we got to do. Well, because, Cal, <laughs> when you take the bull by the horns, you're like, hey, how about, how about tonight? How about tonight we have this fantasy draft? Everyone's bitching about, let's do it right now. Let's get it out of the way. And then some some V words are thrown around. They're very offensive in some pagan cultures. Yes, Jasper calls Peyton a virgin. Uh, Jasper, I believe, what was your exact quote? It was... Uh, well, I said, who want, what, what type of virgin wants to draft on a Friday night? With, yes. like, 12 hours notice. Yes, I put in the chat, boys, when do we want to do this? And Peyton just goes, how about tonight? Could you? Yeah, it's, like, Friday at, like, 10 a.m. Which, actually, I appreciate it, but, like, we, honestly, who was really busy? I, I probably wasn't. I at would, 11 o'clock. I would have been Friday. covering some fan, I would have been covering some Friday night football, but I would have been able to probably get done in time by 11 um but it's like could you imagine someone like at culver's that would have been working like an open to close and all of a sudden they go they go on break and it's like wait we're doing the draft tonight what the hell you mean to tell me i gotta work 16 hours and i gotta work 16 hours tomorrow as well too but i gotta stay up four hours for a fantasy football draft oh god that would not be fun it's like you gotta at least like have like couple hours just kind of look over some things like yeah you had 12 12. (laughs) do gotta respect it because we do have to we still have it's a day so i also was like how about saturday and then no response i heard back and it was just everyone started roasting Peyton. so i think i'm I'm sorry about that (laughs) no it was a deserved because no we weren't gonna draft on 12 hours notice on a friday night but it it goes back to the root of the problem that Mm. nobody else provided a solution it was just yes 
dog pile. Yes. I know Pat has offered some ideas as well too, but I also like how Pat was like, <laughs> season starts on the first, and Brady's like, season starts on the eighth. Oh my bad. And then no and one then else responds. Yeah, That's what pisses me off. About- Everybody's like, yeah, we got an extra week to figure out. <laughs> When we're not gonna draft, it's so I'm like, it's basically like a group project <coughs> in college where it's like, all right, we need to get the ball rolling on this, and everyone's like, right, I, I and then no one responds. I also feel like there's like a a thing going between Matt and Brady in every yeah. group chat. So like, I've caught on to it, and in one of them, I always do the thumbs up. The thumbs generic thumbs up that's in there because I know Matt hates it, and then that's why I kept spamming draft order because like a couple of years ago that that's what Brady would just do. He just like, <laughs> draft order, draft order. Well, I don't know about you boys, but I am excited about uh, the draft coming up. Peyton, I was talking a little bit with you. You are picking first this year, Jasper. Where are you picking? Three. I feel like you and me are always kind of in the same vicinity. We're not right by each other, but we're always like kind of in that same spot where it's like, oh, you're going to pick a guy that I want, and I can already tell how it's going to happen. So I have talked in the chat about it. Uh, Lee disagrees with it, but... Uh, do you boys? I will. I you obviously auto draft, so you have no room to complain. I auto draft fantasy baseball because I trust those gods more than I trust the football gods. But Jasper, does it seem like every year when you draft, it always seems like you're right next to someone that you're always like, "Oh, why do I have to be next to this guy? He always takes my guys." Yeah. So I do this league and one other league that my dad is a commissioner in every year. And in that league, I always pick like first or last. And I always feel like there is somebody trolling me like right like one pick away from me like every single year. So I've got beef with Lee because I am always next to Lee. And so this year when they picked the names, I sure enough got right next to Lee. And so when Matt told he was like, I always pick last. If someone want to trade, I was like, I will happily trade with you. I am fine uh, going down further in the draft and potentially missing out on one of the top three wide receiver prospects or one of the top running backs. Uh, just so that way I can just be like, I don't have to deal with Lee. I just don't because... In two years, he has auto-drafted, and it is fucked with me. There was one year where he started auto-drafting, and then he hopped on on, like, round five, and I was like, you suck for that, because what happened was I am a big, if anyone wants to know my advice or my strategy for fantasy football, I love taking a tight end early. Tight end group is very top-heavy, and then it's like a steep drop-off. Like, there's only a couple few guys that are going to get you big points. So my strategy is, let me grab a tight end, like a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle, that I know is going to get, like, 10 or 15 points a day. But then also, too, I can grab a wide receiver later on that, you know, might like, the wide receiver core, like, yeah, you can get a big top guy. But also, like, those guys in the middle are a lot better than, like, the guys that are in the middle for tight ends, right? That's my strategy. Love picking me a tight end. So what happened, uh, I think it was going to be round three. Lee was auto-drafting in front of me. Travis Kelsey was still on the board in round three. And, like, like five picks away, I'm like, oh, shit, Travis Kelsey's on the board. Like, come on, come to Papa. Come on, it's getting there. You know, it's like, you know, like the Mr. Krabs where they throw the million dollar out in the uh, sea. And, like, SpongeBob's trying to reel it in. I'm like, swim faster, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's literally like, I'm like, he's going to make it. And then I'm like, oh, wait, Lee's auto-drafting in front of me. 
He's probably going to get auto-drafted Travis Kelsey. And literally right as I thought that, Lee gets auto-drafted Travis Kelsey. I have to change my strategy on the fly. Not realizing I have a full minute and 30 seconds to, you know, take be like, all right, let's take new strategy. I just go, oh, oh God, I got to grab a wide receiver now. And uh, I'll take Doug Baldwin, I think it was. I took Doug Baldwin. Not realizing that Doug Baldwin was going to have to play through the inj- uh, season hurt. Took Doug Baldwin, who was injured, and I believe that was his last year in the NFL because he's then retired after that because he was injured a whole lot. So that was a complete bust. And I was complaining about it to Pat, I believe it was, and he's like, yeah, no, if Lee would have been uh, not auto-drafting, he doesn't pick tight ends that high. Travis Kelsey would have came to you, and I was like, I am filled with such anger and rage right now that my whole fantasy season could have gotten changed at that point because I think also, too, coming back, I was like, let me still grab a tight end early. Uh, Evan Ingram's in his, like, third year in the league. He should come around, right? Nope, that dude drops every pass imaginable. And so, he was a complete... So, that was, like, two busts where it's like, I could have grabbed Travis Kelsey and been fine with it. But instead, two picks that completely fucked it up. And then in fantasy baseball this year as well, too, he auto-drafts. He gets Ty France, who goes on to have an all-star season. I then panic and take Coco. I take Frank Schwindel, so that way my team name can be Coco Schwindel. You know, it's like Coco Chanel, but Coco Schwindel. Uh, if anyone didn't get that until now, uh, but I'm very proud of that team name. But Frank Schwindel did not do as good as Ty France. So auto drafting. Oh, it's always it's a like bit of and, an understatement. And see, like he, I tried calling Lee out for, it and he's like. All right, blah, 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 and, you know, we kind of went back and forth, you know, I, it's all fun and games with me, so, like, I don't care, about obviously, you know, I'm going after someone's character, so I think Lee was getting a little uh, serious about it, but I was all, I was like, yeah, all good, Lee, I enjoy your presence, I think you're one of the best truck drivers out there, you know, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it, but, um, yeah, I was just like, I gotta, I gotta shake this curse, I gotta shake the curse of Lee auto-drafting behind me, and just, it's tough. It's all fun and games, so you check the snap map and see that Lee is just in a hotel five minutes from you, and you're like, uh... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> that happened one time. I was like, what the hell? He just had me up in Minnesota, like, pretty close to where I used to stay with my ex. And, uh... Like, I was just looking through the snap map, and like, why is Lee here? Uh, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Hello? <sighs> no, uh, also, too, I wanted to bring this up, since you guys are also sports fanatics as well, too. Uh, you guys, um... Uh, I know Jasper, big high school sport athlete. We always enjoy talking about our high school sporting days, whether it be on the gridiron or on the pitch. Peyton, I don't know if you've played any high school sports at all growing up. I am 1-0 in high school golf. All right. That a, that a boy. Um, but anyway, I was covering a... Uh, thank you for... Uh, you guys are both <laughs> moving your feet for like five minutes, and I could kind of hear the ringing. And I'm just like, do I let it go? Do I let it go? Nope, I'm going to have to call it out. But anyway, I was at a, a big football matchup on Friday night between two ri- small-town rivalry, right? You know, they're literally separated by just a road, basically, uh, which is always fun. I think back to, you know, Marquette in Wisconsin, you know, how that's the I-94 rivalry because you literally get on I-94 and that hits your destination. Well, this is one of the cases with those schools. You get on said highway and you'll hit the other town. Um Crosstown rivalry, right? They play in different conferences, but town across the street, big rivalry, right? It is, uh, let's see here, team is down by eight. They attempt a Hail Mary, and like at the 35-yard line, and they catch it. 
touchdown, potentially tie game. They have to go for two, right? Flag on the field. Illegal formation. It, it was so this this game was nuts, right? And I don't want to describe. I I screw it. I'm gonna say it was Cambridge Deerfield, right? Literally, you know, two small towns. Uh, fun game to go to. Uh, back and forth, kind of. Uh, you know, it was one of those deals where uh, uh, the clock was kind of an issue. Sometimes, you know, high school clock doesn't start up right away. You know, and that's what happened on a kickoff. Like five seconds forgot to get burned off, and they only took one second off. Keep that in mind. So Cambridge, uh, Deerfield is up by two. They score a long touchdown with like a minute left. It was one of those deals where like they didn't know like, hey, do we have enough time to kneel it out? Or, you know, what's the deal? So they're like doing run plays. But they also got an illegal formation called against them. Cambridge coach declines it to put them up 20 to 12. Uh, Cambridge stops them on the two-point attempt. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point, at that point, if you guys need to do it, go for it. If that's like your thing that like helps you talk, just whatever. I'll just bypass it at this point. I'm a big stickler now when it comes to audio quality. A complete change in fortune from the past thirty minutes that I started. Anyway, Deerfield goes for the two on the two point of conversion. They're a two point conversion school. When you have a smaller school, you know your kicking game may not be that strong. So they go for two. They don't get it. So Cambridge coach, I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense why they decline the you know penalty so that way like they can get the ball back with like a minute left they drive down the field uh they complete a pass in the middle they're able to get up in time spike it with one second left so you remember how i was like a couple seconds didn't burn off on that kickoff keep that in mind so now that they have that one second you know they're gonna go hail mary right they do the hail mary quarterback throws it up it's caught for a touchdown right so like all of a sudden it's like holy crap like all they gotta do is go for two and then like you know they can send it into overtime right illegal formation gets called on uh, the blue jays they have to reattempt the hail mary which is interesting because you know sometimes it's like you think what sucks is people watch the nfl sometimes people watch college and they think all the rules blend in uh that's not the case uh because you know nfl they'd be like oh that's a you know 10 second runoff or something like that um or whatnot but they have to redo it so in that time i'm just like whatever i'll trust the referee's judgment on it but by the way the nuts to have to be like i'm gonna have to call illegal formation on this but the home crowd is going insane behind me because they're so happy and i'm gonna have to be one that's like nope that's an illegal formation bring it back five yards uh they try another attempt at the hail mary gets picked off and i'm like uh so deerfield was able to uh pull out the win but it's just like who could you imagine having to be the one to call that in that spot where it's like, all right, we got an illegal formation, boys. But uh, it just made me think back. I remember a couple years ago when I was working at uh, the Culver's where uh, Edgerton, I was listening to some of the Edgerton uh, younger kid, uh, high schoolers talk. I think I was probably in high school at the time. Probably didn't need to add that fact. But, you know, just kind of bring it back to how long ago it was. Edgerton was a solid team when I was back in high school. Uh, led by stud running back Ricky Williams. Not Ricky Williams that went to the pros. Uh, Ricky Williams of Edgerton. Uh, with a very solid running back. Was he in your grade at all, Peyton? He was. Oh, good friend of mine. All right. Good to know. Uh, side note, did he play in college at all? He played one year in college towards ACL again. So. Ah, that makes sense. He plays semi-pro now, though. Okay. Uh, Rock County Rage, I'm assuming? Somewhere in uh, Milwaukee. Ah, okay. I always like to kind of, as someone that's, you know, high school sports guy, I always like looking and be like, 
wow, this guy rushed for 30 touchdowns. Like, please tell me he got recruited. But it's just one of those things where, you know, it depends on the town and it depends on what conference you're in and how fast you run a 40, you know, your injury history. So I always just – I didn't know that about Ricky. I was yeah, like, he, got, he got hurt in high school so that a lot of his scholarship offers went away. I think he still went to Platt. I think it was Platteville he went to. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it makes sense. I was just It's just interesting because even then it's like, you know, a guy rushes for 30 touchdowns and, like, all is all state probably. And then, he's like, UW-Platteville. a ton of, like, school and state records that year. It was insane. Anyway, to get back on the thing, as much as I love talking about Ricky Williams and all the other guys that I was like, this guy's insanely good in high school. Um, he... Uh, I think he had, like, a long touchdown run for Edgerton or something, and it got called back for holding. And I remember one of the people uh, that was like, yeah, no, we were all going nuts, and then all of a sudden they called it back for holding. And it's one of those deals where it's like you think the refs are against your small town, and it's like most of the time that's not the case. There was one time where I was playing a soccer game up in Baraboo where the uh, one of the kids actually that was roughing the game graduated from Baraboo and had a younger sibling on one of the teams, so it was a very lopsided uh, game. Uh, for both said JV and varsity, that's like the one time where I can point to and be like, yeah, no, the refing is extremely off in this game. But like most of the time, I just give it the benefit of the doubt just because, you know, it's literally just two eyeballs out there. And of course, when you're very biased towards one team, you're going to be like, what do you mean? That's not a foul. Um, but it's just, I just heard that. I was like, oh, that's got to be a tough call to make it where it's like a holding. You got to call it by like an 80 yard touchdown. And, like, you're going to be the only one that saw it because everyone's watching, you know, the guy score a touchdown. No one's watching the line of scrimmage for a potential holding. And it's the same way in that case with the Cambridge guy where it's like, no one's going to be watching for an illegal formation. They're watching the quarterback snap the ball. So it's it's a tough situation. So shout out to all those high school refs out there, man. It's, it is a tough situation for it. But I just, that was interesting. Jasper, did you ever play a game where it's like you got hosed on a call or something where, you're like, oh, that ref must have hate our small town or something like that. As someone that's from Dodge, Dodgeville. I mean, very typically, you know, you're going through your, uh, like, 14 to 18-year-old emotions and hormones. And you're playing games that what you think matter a lot more than they probably actually do. You're yeah. out there, you're competing, and you think that you're always, like, getting jerked around by the yep. the refs. I mean, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. I, I recall my first uh, my first season in home talent baseball, We uh, I was pitching in a game. I came in, we were losing like 7-4. to four. I was pitching, and I was like, okay, this is kind of like garbage time, whatever. And we came back in the, the seventh inning, and... Uh, the score was then tied eight to eight. I'm sliding into third. There's two outs. I'm sliding into third. The game's tied eight to eight in the bottom of the seventh inning. So like, if we score it, we walk it off. And uh, I slide into third, and the third baseman never even tags me. Like, doesn't even like he's probably like a good foot off of tagging me. And the field umpire called me out. And I sit on third base, like, yelling at him for a good solid, like, 30 seconds to a minute before I walked to the dugout, and we ended up losing the game. Did you? And get- I, I swear to this day that that's why we lost the game. I would have scored with two outs in the seventh inning, and we would have won the game. But. Did you get kicked out, or did you stay? Where, did no, you stay? He, he, knew he, he knew he fucked up, so he, uh, he just kind of sat there and took it for, <laughs> for a minute. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to... 
I'm gonna go. I'm do... embarrassing myself here. <laughs> Taylor's just in the car. <laughs> That's my husband. Hell yeah, you stand out there and make that all feel bad about No, us. this is still this was in Dodgeville. I was still in my prime. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, it was with the Dodgeville Knights right out of high school. So Wow. See, this is interesting because I wonder what would have happened if you would have got kicked out because they do have a new rule now where it's like if you get if a player gets thrown out of the game, like you and the manager get, I think both get ejected and also suspended for the next game as well too. Uh, I had one of my home talent teams. I'm not going to say who um, got uh, ejected from a game uh, for arguing balls and strikes. And I guess what happened was I was talking with my other colleague about it, and it was like two pitches that were like kind of borderline or something. And both times he got the wrong end of the call, and like as he was walking away, was like muttering stuff, and the ref was like you're out of here like which is a tough break because it's like you know if i could get if the guy was up in his face like being like that's bullshit but if the guy's walking away like you kind of just gotta let him walk away and just let you know bygones be guy bygones but then uh, obviously that situation did not normally what happens you boys have both watched you know baseball enough to where if something happens where you throw a guy out of the game that's normally not the end of you know, the argument. Normally what happens is that turns into an escalation and the guy's like, well, I've been thrown out of the game. Now I have nothing to lose. I might as well ring this guy a new one. That's kind of what happened. The guy got tossed and then was like, well, now I hear what I've heard from uh, my colleague. And so that's probably the case. And that's that's a tough break too because it's like guy's walking away and then he's just like, well, you, you're out of here. And then it's like, what? I wish, honestly, though, like more jobs you'd be able to throw guys out. Like, honestly, like, we've worked fast food. Jasper and I have worked, you know, up front. I've had to deal with customer service and everything like that. I've never had to, you know, kick anyone out of a store, but I would just love it if guys arguing about a price, just look at him and go, that's it, you, you're out of here. And it's always fun, too, because they do that little shuffle as well, too. Like, they could just easily go, hey, you, you're gone. They look, they point, they point at him and said, hey, you. And it's like everyone in the crowd's like, he's pointing. And then he does a couple of shuffle. And he makes sure he goes, you're out of here. It's so over dramatic, but I love it. And that's what makes baseball so romantic. It's just some guy can get a call completely wrong. And a guy can argue about it. And if he says something that the ref doesn't like, he can just look at him and go, you, I've had enough of your crap. Get out of here. It makes it, it. That's what brings joy to me in my life. It's just watching an umpire kick someone out of a game. Wish I could do that at work. Some brings your kid. And it's like, oh, your kid's two and a half, but still only on breast milk. You and your kid are. Out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, my son's on breast milk. You, I support breastfeeding in public. Don't get me wrong, but you, here out of here. <laughs> or even like uh uh political like uh with all the people that want to run for president when they decide to drop out or something instead of it just being like i'm dropping out just an umpire goes up and it's just like you john delaney you're out of here it's what uh, cowboy joe west should do now that he's retired yes god finally he needs something to do in retirement uh and i would suggest angel hernandez to do that job but angel hernandez would probably uh, pick the wrong person to throw out of the game and be like, ah, no, Angel, you got that call wrong as well, too. I saw him get smoked in the side of the head with a baseball. This happened at a Cardinal game last year, and he still made better calls than Angel Hernandez. <laughs> Not Definite shocking. concussion, blood streaming down his face, still made better ball and strike calls than uh, no, um, Angel fucking Hernandez. 
That's actually a good segue, though, Jasper, about your home talent, because you were going to come on the podcast uh, a couple months ago, but you slept through an alarm, sadly. <laughs> uh, so I was going to discuss some of the home talent, but uh, I don't know if I brought it up on the podcast before, but uh, um, I, I think I've t- talked to you about PA beefs a little bit uh, with some beef that I have with some PA guys. Uh, and uh, the, one of the guys that I cover that I kind of have some that I'm just kind of like, oh, God, he's not very good. Um, two things happened that rubbed me the wrong way that he did. Uh, the first time, well, there was one game where he was just chirping the ump the entire game from, like, he's sitting, like, set up behind home plate. He's not yelling it into the microphone, but, like, you can still clearly know who he is because he has a microphone. And it's like, <laughs> you know, he's just chirping. Like, he was, like, on the right the way. And even the ump was like, hey, like, that's enough. And the manager was like, yo, chill out. Like, it's fine. Like, uh, and, but then the, which I'm just like, you know, chirping on the ump, like I think is dumb. And especially like when you're not sitting behind the strike zone as well too. Ump's got the best seat in the house. Like you can kind of tell, well, eh, maybe that's a strike, maybe that's not a strike. But if you're kind of sitting off to the side, you have no business being like, that's a ball, that's a strike. Uh, but the second time he did it that I have beef with, I was interviewing one of the managers and there's like a little kid running around on the base pads, which was like really cute. And the kid was like running for home. And so, like, I'm talking to the coach, and so he goes on the mic, so, like, it's all of a sudden gets super loud, and he's like, go for home, go for home, which is fine, I get, like, you know, he's trying to cheer on the kid and everything, kid slides in, and, you know, it's a cool thing, but I'm listening back to the interview, trying to write a story about it, and then all of a sudden, it's like the guy, the manager's, like, literally talking, and then all of a sudden, you just hear, like, in the background, go home, go home, slide, and it's like, damn it! I was able to figure it out, but I was like, oh, that guy. It's it's a long-running rivalry that no one else knows exists, but it's like me, uh, me to him is like with you with Google Maps, where you're just like, oh, I hate the Google Maps. And it's like no one else understands why, but it's just like every little thing you pick up on, and he's like, he's trying to fuck with me, swear to God. But have you gotten chirped at all this uh, home talent season? Uh, I did some chirping. I, I was actually trying to get thrown out of a home talent game at one point this season. It was earlier in the year. We were playing on a Saturday, so we had low number of guys, which means I was playing. Oh, was um, it uh, the team we've talked about as well, too, that uh, you do not like? Uh, no, I think because we played them at, like, we went. Oh, okay. We traveled to them this year. All right. So we were playing at home. Um, at the Jays Nest, and I got called out on strikes two at bats in a row below my like, like we're talking like shin ankle levels, and it was like one of those situations where like he's like so inconsistent. Like he calls me out on strikes on a pitch. I walk into the dugout, dude throws the exact same pitch, and he calls it a ball. You know, and it's the first ball the like the count too. So like. If you're going to miss a call, don't miss it on two strikes and take the bat out of someone's hands or don't miss it like like walking a guy like for the fourth ball. Like you got to be like extra diligent I think on those pitches and it was like literally two at bats in a row basically called me out on the same pitch that was not a strike. And I'm like sitting in the dugout, he throws the next pitch that's like the same exact spot. He calls it a ball. I was like that's the same exact spot. And I was like I was swearing at him, like, waiting for him to throw me out because I already had my response queued up. I was going to be like, good, I have better things to do than get fucked by you all day, so. 
That would have been good. I have to go to work now anyway. Yeah. I I was piss poor at scheduling my I didn't realize I had a home talent game. Throw me out of the game. Um that it's uh what happened, I was listening to Pat Hughes uh call a Cubs game and he was telling a story about Earl Weaver, uh Baltimore Orioles manager. Uh, was trying to get thrown out of game one time because it was just super hot out, super muggy night, and he wanted to go sit in the air conditioning. The home plate umpire knew he wanted to get thrown out, so he was not letting him get thrown out. So he just like stood there and like took it, and it was just hilarious because it's like that guy was probably like, and that guy's probably trying to get out of here early. I'm gonna make him stay, and then when he comes up again, I'm gonna call him up on another bad strike free call. You know, like could you imagine being an umpire? Like you have the power to just dick over whoever you want. I'd be like. No, no, I'm going to keep you in the game, but I'm going to remember it. Then you're going to call back up. Hey, don't worry. I'm going to call this game right down the middle. Ball three feet off the plate. Hey, right. That's what, so when I was a pitcher, I I pitched a lot in high school um, for our team. And when I was a pitcher, I was very, very adamant about, like, not arguing with the umpire. I didn't give, like, any like looks or anything because i always wanted the next call like i always i didn't want him to do the remembering like where he was like okay i remember this guy arguing balls and strikes he's not going to get the next one type of thing to the point where like if i was like pitching like i was on the mound and our hitters were arguing balls and strikes i'd be on them for arguing balls and strikes with the umpire while we were hitting i'd be like nope i want that call so don't argue that like we want that call, so don't argue that. that but now, but now, like I haven't touched the mound in years, <laughs> so I'm like, no, this guy sucks. Get him <laughs> out of here. <laughs> but no, it was a. Uh, speaking of sucks, it was a tough way for the Evansville Jays to end their season. Uh, Peyton, I'm sure you haven't kept up with the hometown baseball uh, playoff system, but basically, what happened is you have the South. East standings and the southeast standing is broken up into a southeast north and a southeast south, uh, which is kind of interesting, kind of dynamic. It, it does not. Um, but anyway, so what they do is uh, that, and it's also hilarious because they all play under home talent, but each quadrant has like their own playoff rules. Well, so. yeah, that's there's four different sections too, and no other section is broken down like our section is, and all the other all the other sections are they're letting more teams in the playoffs. So, like, we only take four teams out of the north and the south combined from the southeast section. Which so is ten teams. It's dumb. And so, anyway, uh, race for the title, right? So, you have a team, Is uh, the playoff procedure was uh, whoever won their division, like southeast, south winner, southeast, north winner, would automatically qualify, and they'd get to host a home playoff game. Then it would go up to the last two wild cards, and either team could qualify, right? So the Jays, going into the final couple weeks, they are leading the standings for the Southeast-South. They, I think what happened was, you did you guys lose your last three or lose well, your last two? The first thing that goes into the, like, if you were watching the standings, like, over the last few weeks, is we played several games early in the year. So we, we were sitting on top of, like, the Southeast-South for a long time because we had more wins because we won... We like started five and zero, and we played a lot in the beginning of the year. So getting towards the end of the year, there was more teams getting more games in, and we just couldn't. We could not score runs over the last several weeks. And Peyton, I'm sure as a baseball fan, you know what it's like to watch a team not score a run. It's very. I I feel like the Cardinals. 
The, the Cubs, it always seems to happen with the Cubs. Cardinals seem like just a more consistent team, but do they have their stretches where they do not score a run? I mean, earlier this year it was a struggle to score runs, especially for the Cardinals. Um, but they've, they've got it going now. They have the top two MVP uh, projected players right now. And then basically nobody else, but... <laughs> But uh no so you so when you've watched a team like you know struggle with like a lot uh getting runs in you do you think like hey maybe we try putting another guy in the lineup or you try shuffling it up or something like that yeah that's what I assume would happen yeah well unfortunately uh my boy Jasper Meeker uh did not get into the lineup final couple games uh, I feel like he should have and the Jays ended up losing I think it was three games your last three because yeah. I know you lost to Cambridge and you lost to Evansville on a, or not Evansville you lost to- we lost so and that was like the thing too is we we were playing teams that we should have beat we got beat handily by Cambridge uh, like that game wasn't even close and uh, then we lost like two to one on a walk-off in Albion which was a heartbreaker because they're a rival to like our team. Like Albion is by Edgerton, in case you did not know. Yeah, that's, that's my uh, that's my home squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I went to school with almost all of those dudes. So. Yeah, go Albion. So like it was well, and they so and they did it right too. Like I mean, they weren't playing for anything in that game, but they threw Peyton Lee, who's going to Winona State. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but you know who that is. He's that is? yeah, he's gonna pitch um, at the next level, so. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they came to play and we didn't, so they played spoiler for us. I mean, we've done that to them in the past too. There was a time where like when I, the first year I played for the Jays, we were non-competitive and, um, we won probably like three games on the year for Sunday league standings purposes. But one of those games was at the tobacco days festival in Edgerton. Um, they scheduled us because they it was like a game where you know like you schedule somebody on a festival game because you're going to beat them type of thing and we ended up winning that game in extra innings and spoiling their fun so it's just kind of gone back and forth with albion over the last couple of years and they did it to us this year so yeah. did you guys win the wally olsen trophy as well too the wally olsted classic we did have that plaque for a time and then i do believe they won it back and then stopped scheduling us on that game so (laughs) we got it back (laughs) we were still on that game until they won it back and then they're like okay nope we're gonna play somebody like waterfield or waterloo (laughs) yeah um yeah they played uh cambridge this year and uh cambridge absolutely kicked the shit out of them like got like six runs in the first inning and uh a very tough showing on their tobacco days with family and friends in attendance. They got the shit kicked out of them. But, yeah, no, uh, they ended up, uh, Cambridge ended up winning the uh, trophy, and I got a nice picture of them uh, winning the trophy. But, uh, yeah, it's always, I enjoy hometown. Hometown's fun. You go out there, and it's, you know, it's baseball, basically. It's baseball, baby, right? And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was tough, though, to see because I was talking with Jasper because, you know, I write for Cambridge, and, you know, Cambridge uh, Blues were, right in the mix of all that and so basically what happened was going into the final week of the season you had like six teams vying for a wild card spot basically and uh what happened was uh Utica dropped to Jefferson I, I think they would have been out anyway uh but they needed like a bunch of time and so it was basically like week 17 of the NFL where it's like you have six guys six it, teams vying for like a playoff spot and it's just kind of like you have to play and then you have to try to figure out what happened well they sent so matt towns the he runs albion's team he's like the 
I don't know what they call him, the chair of our section. Like, he gets all the emails from the league office, basically, um, and then he disperses them to everybody else in our section. And the email that he sent to our manager, who he then forwards to all of us, it the scenarios going into the last week was literally wild. Like, if everybody won... Like, it was going to be these four teams, which the Jays were in that group. We probably would have been, like, a two or a three seed, like, instead of, like, ending up finishing fifth and not in the playoffs. But, yeah, like, the different scenarios where it was, like, if this team wins and all four or all four of these team wins, these are the four teams. And there was literally at least six or seven different options where, like, if certain teams – and it was, like, even coming down to – the teams that weren't making the playoffs, like Albion and Utica, like their strength of schedules were going to like basically determine tiebreakers for some of these teams to get into the playoffs. So it was, yeah, it was literally wild, but going into the, like all you hope for is going into the game, you have a chance. Like if you win, you're in, and we had that and we lost. So. Yeah, uh, Cambridge uh, uh, was facing Waterloo, and Waterloo uh, has like a run differential of like negative 84. Uh, so they uh, had not had a win all year, and so I was like, well, Cambridge, I expect them to roll, which is what happened. And uh, so I got the scorebook from the guy, and I was like, uh, do you guys know if you're in or not? And he's like, yes, Albion uh, just hit a walk-off on uh, 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 Evansville. And, I, and the first person I thought of, I was like, poor Jasper. I shall snap him right now and rub it in his face that Cambridge is going to the uh playoffs yeah it's the scene was very it's very harsh when you're in that situation i mean like if you're albion or you're cambridge in that situation you're like stoked obviously which cambridge went out and played jefferson uh tough the next week which they, you they did they fought hard which you love to see jared um, horton was very solid on the mound and then jt Parrish coming in as well too uw whitewater alum jt Parrish. which like i don't know if you've been like if people who've been paying attention the last few years in like the southeast section it's like the same four or five teams competing and they're all very very solid stones jefferson uh evansville um fort and albion um typically are like the four or five teams cambridge this year made the playoffs which was nice to see they're usually about 500 but like every time the playoffs come around it's it's very like tight contested games like even jefferson uh went undefeated in their regular season play this year and they only won by like one or two runs against cambridge in the first round of the playoffs and then they lost to stoughton in the next round of the playoffs so like once you get into those like semi-final and finals for the section playoffs it's it's like anybody can win. So. Yeah, it was tough because I was like uh, with the Jefferson Stoughton matchup. Stoughton had won the uh, home talent. So what happens is Peyton, I'm sure again home talent, maybe not your strong suit. Uh, you have your sectional playoffs, and then what happens is if whoever's the lone stander left, then the section goes into a round robin tournament with the eastern section. The you know, like the last four sections. So it's divided up four sections. You have a western section, eastern section, southeast section, and then... Um, I think it's a central. Uh, yeah, something like that. It's not northern completely, so it's not like you're going up five hours to uh, Manaqua or something. No, you're game. talking about like Portage and yeah. like Sauk, Prairie. And- yeah, so 
at that point. So what happened was Jefferson then played Soden, which was tough because I was like, Jefferson is an APG newspaper. That could help sell some newspapers if Jefferson qualifies. You know, the Jefferson Daily County Union was well represented in that hometown playoff, by the way, uh, with Fort, Cambridge, and Jefferson all going. Uh, but what happened was uh, Stoughton pulled off the upset. So I was like, I don't know how I feel about this because I wanted to see someone else other than Stoughton win it because, you know, Stoughton just won it last year. Or, like, Stoughton, like, qualified, so I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Jefferson in there represent APG. But then also, too, Jasper was telling me that a little bit of a rivalry with uh, Je- Jefferson and uh, the Blue Devils. So I don't have to get into some of the stuff. But Jasper was like, yes, I do not like them. So I hope they lose, and that's what happened. So, uh, But I was looking, though, this year. I was like, damn, this kind of sucks because last year uh, Monona qualified. Uh, Monona's got a pretty solid hometown uh, squad. They uh, beat Montello to qualify for their round robin. Uh, they played Stoughton at Stoughton. I should have probably went to that game but i think i had something going on uh so what happens around robin you know you gotta play three games and they play on sundays so it's like that's three it's like more sundays so like i'm thinking like you know oh man like this is great like i love hometown because it gives me something to like do and write about in the paper then when like fall sports start getting up you're kind of like oh man like this is like one to finding the space for in the newspaper and then also too like i got all this other stuff going on i'm kind of like Ooh, this is tough. And then also, two football starts. Yeah, up. going to a Friday night football game and then doing something on Saturday probably is like your one day off and then got to go cover a home talent game on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. so definitely tough. And uh, what happened was uh, Monona, you know, qualified. And uh, Sock City was the last game. Sock City, you know, home to first world, first Culver's, you know. Uh, shout out to that. But that is like, you know, a uh, two-hour drive, basically. It's not a very fun one. And so... Had to go up there, and I think both teams were playing for pride at that point. I think it was like uh, uh, Stoughton had everything like wrapped up at that point, but I was just like driving back, and I was having to listen to the Packer game on the radio. I was like, <sighs> kind of glad that like the season's come to a close because it stretches. Like you're like, oh man, like this is great, and then you're kind of like, damn, and it's especially gonna be tough this year too because they had a bunch of rainouts on the first week yeah and so like it got everything got pushed back week so now you'll be really going into the nfl season well yeah and i think the thing that i i don't know i don't really like i won't get into it because they've done it for i don't know how many years like probably hundreds at this point pat riley he's the like leader of home talent he's like a thousand years old (laughs) so he's from dodgeville that's the only reason i can say that um but no he uh like like I said, they've been around for a long time. They've been doing it this way for a long time, but I'd love to see them get rid of that round robin. Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Like, after the section championships, like, take all the teams, reseed them, and do... Like, even if you want to do a double elimination, then, like, let them, like, play again just in case. Like, it wasn't the best team that won that day, but still, like, don't do a round robin that... It's just, like, three additional weeks where you're just, like... Well, we played mm. in that round robin twice, and, yeah, like, it's like you said, like, you like you play for pride in that last game. The first year we went uh, 0-2 in our first two games of the round robin, then what do you do in that third game? You go out and play another really good team, but, like, for what? Nothing. Like, at that point, your team's all wasting another Sunday for nothing when you could probably just go with your team and watch the game that's actually important and drink dollar beers at somewhere like Fort Atkinson's Jones Park, like, which would be a good time instead of 
going yeah. and getting stomped again for yeah. your third straight game. That doesn't mean anything. Well, I don't know about you boys, but uh, I'm all tickered out, tuckered out for the things that have made me mad this week. Peyton, you got anything that makes you mad or anything sports-related you want to get off your chest? No, nothing really. Jasper, you got anything? I know we discussed the Google Maps <laughs> situation earlier, which is still just hilarious to think of. Um, that should be the new running gig on what makes me mad. Whenever someone struggles with the Google Maps, I should put them on the podcast. But that's what Google Maps gets. You mean to tell me you got all the coordinates Google Maps in the world, but yet for some reason I can't find people come out to my house? Ooh, it rubs me the wrong way. But you got anything else that makes you mad? No, I think I got everything out. All right, well, that's going to do it, though, for this week's edition of What Makes Me Mad. I hope you guys enjoy it, and we will see you next time. Thank you.